Hello and welcome to NDA, the show where I, your host, Dave Wiskus, I, I fight to the death with people from within the creator economy, mostly people I work with, so it gets kind of awkward. Uh, today I have with me the one and only Maggie Mayfish. Hey, Maggie. Hello. Hey, Dave. How's it going? I am so happy to see you right now. Me too. Ask me I... why. Ask me why. Why? Okay. Why, Dave? Why are you so Because, excited? well, I mean, I would be anyway, but uh, uh-huh. I've been I've been watching the response to Unrated and it is so good. People love this thing. Ah, I'm so glad. Uh, I, yeah, I've been, I've been overwhelmed by the response, honestly. Um, I've been so focused on doing it that I kind of forgot about the part, like enjoying that other people enjoy it. Uh, so that's been Someday good other people will see it too. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someday. Uh, yeah, it's been great. I was going to say, usually when we're hanging out, uh, there's like a waft of like steak between us um, or some like sizzling mushrooms. And so it's all I can think about. <laughs> you just, you associate uh, me. There's like a Pavlovian response. Uh, yes, of I equals honestly, steak. I think, I think now I do. Now all I can picture is uh, a steak and there should be some like uh, herbed butter um, going about between the table, but I'll take it. I guess the show's good it. too. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll see if I can have something delivered. <laughs> well, soon enough, I'll probably be in LA in the next couple of weeks, so I'm sure that a steak oh. can be arranged. We'll, well make something happen. Well then, I'm already salivating. <laughs> right on. That's how we want this show to start. That's how every episode <laughs> should start. Uh, the, also a great connection back to the topic of, uh, your show, the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the salivating e parts of, well, so the, uh, as we're recording oh. this, mm-hmm. um, last night was the Oscars. This is, mm-hmm. this one goes live in, cause we got a bit of a backlog. This one goes live in, uh, April, but, uh, as mm-hmm. we're talking last night, uh, everything everywhere all at once won, uh, every Oscar all at once. And yes. uh, there's 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 thoughts sort of generally about uh, film and cinema and the the state of things. I I kind of want your take on. It's not really related to the show, but I kind of just want to hear your thoughts on that. Oh man, it's so funny. Uh, growing up, I loved the Oscars. I would dress up for it every single year. I would host like really? a a mini party. Absolutely. To me, it was like, uh, you know, when I first fell in love with film. I think like I think people I think pretentiousness in film is actually more of like you really don't know what you're doing in a way because like when I was mm. young that's when I was pretentious with film because you know I fell in love with it so I only wanted to care about the best um and the older I get the more that uh the Oscars make sense as a uh a, less that it's actually the best film um and more so, it's like what Hollywood wants the best film to be, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, so like mm-hmm. w- when Green Book wins, that was Hollywood saying, we want this to be the best picture that had come out last year. Not that it was the best picture that came out last year. Uh, right, but right. I feel like everywhere, everything everywhere all at once actually was one of the best films that came out last year. Uh which is to me like kind of exciting and also rare that I think the Oscars actually lines up with like what people like think or feel that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was kind of an exciting, like, aha, uh, like we're all in agreement here, um, which I think is kind of rare. Uh, and also it like hasn't happened in a while. My wife had asked me, like, what's the big deal about this movie? And it happens to be, well, didn't, I mean, it's not coincidence, but the night before we watched it, it was her first time seeing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so several times throughout the movie, she would pause it to say, like, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> what is I, the, what is, the, the sex toy what? fight? They're hitting each other with dildos. What yeah. is going on here? Yeah. Like, what is this movie? And uh, so last night, it, uh, yeah, it wins. And then all the news, like the, the feed of like, and then again, and again, another one and another one. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what is the big deal about this movie? And I was trying to contextualize like, okay, what, w- what do you think of, like, what kind of movie would you think that this movie is like? And she said, like, Doctor mm-hmm. Strange. And I said, yeah, exactly. This is like basically a no budget indie film that like, can dance toe to toe with a Marvel movie and it's so incredibly well made for basically Mm -hmm. nothing with, uh, you know, stars who had not even made a movie in many years in some cases. 
Um, uh-huh. And just like some some weird bets in the casting. And it was like the directors who did turn down for what. And it's like, <laughs> yes. there's, there's a bunch of stuff here. There's a whole bunch of stuff here that makes us really interesting and compelling. Where if uh-huh. Marvel makes a movie like that, you just expect it. When these people do it, it requires a different level of hustle. Absolutely. And also, like, uh, there are sentiments within it that never would have been included in a Marvel movie because, like, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't pertain to the plot. You know, all these, like, textbook mm-hmm. reasons why, you know, you wouldn't keep in this plot or, you know, you'd skip over, like, this heartfelt moment, you know, for or the Casey or whatever. Fight. Yeah, ex- exactly. That would be on the cutting room floor, you know, if uh, another studio had it, if another director had it. Um, but the fact that it made it in is... Mwah. The raccoon ratatouille... Like, how, what? It's, uh, <laughs> it's so random. <laughs> it's so random. Yeah, I, and I think that's part of, like, the charm of it. And also part of it, like, feels somewhat, like, authentic, which is also interesting for an Oscar pick, which I think also makes it feel more, um, yeah, like it was a pick uh, a pick that the people agree with. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I could have also used the oh, my only note for everything everywhere all at once is, like, there are whole scenes where they're, like, explaining the idea of the movie, which I was like, I'm sure that was, you know, a producer being like, listen, we, we gotta at least try to explain what's going on here. Uh, but I didn't really need it. I was like, you know what? Uh, the less I know about this world, I think the better. <laughs> I think it was a lot of it was probably some producer going, look, or even the writer saying, look, here's the issue. It's not uh, as if every movie coming out this year is about the multiverse and audiences are going to understand this. We really need to drive this this concept home. Right, right, They couldn't right. have known. They couldn't have known. <laughs> but I, I think it's, uh, I, I, to your point and to my wife's point, um, I think mm. that Everything mm-hmm. Everywhere All at Once is what a Marvel movie would be if it had nothing else to sell you. If it just uh, wanted to tell its yes, own story yes. and be its own thing and it didn't have to care whether mm-hmm. or not uh, putting uh, achievement awards up your ass to gain skills from another universe would be appropriate <laughs> for all audiences. It can just be the thing that it wants to be, uh, yeah. which I swear to God, I, I've been getting to a point this whole time. Uh, I am very oh, wow. interested in the ways in which, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, A24, it, they're right across the street from us. Like from my desk right out there, I'm looking into oh. their conference room. They're directly uh-huh. across the street from us. And and I think about this a lot. The, the, the goals and ambitions they had 10 years ago or whenever they, they started um, and, and have carried through now, not entirely dissimilar from what we're trying to do. And mm-hmm. I think about the state of the creator economy and the this kind of creator, people like us, and the mm-hmm. things that we're trying to do and the stories we're trying to tell and the audiences we're trying to reach. Um, it's a different medium mostly, and it's a different format, but mm-hmm. a lot of the sentiment is still there. And when I look at uh, a company like that, very creator-centric and letting creators really tell their own stories and just like empower that shit, right? Um mm-hmm. And then they go on to sweep the Oscars this year. To me, I look at that and I look at that in the context of what we're trying to pull off here and I get very excited. Mm -hmm. How long before creators like us are doing what they're doing? Because they they came out of nowhere and were able to to like pull off something really huge. It took a long time. But, you know, how do you Mm -hmm. see this? How do you what what kind of uh, signal do you see that being for creators? Oh, I mean, I, I think it's it it's only encouraging for sure. Um, you know, I think every couple of years there is a uh, some sort of like production house that kind of fills that seat. Um, before that, it was Blumhouse. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. before that, uh, there are some uh, production companies that got like a uh, what was it? New Line Cinema. I only mm. I learned this recently. New Line Cinema was launched um, because they did the Nightmare on M- Elm Street, which was you know just like a B schlocky horror movie that people loved, and you know, and then later on that would bring us literally the Lord of the Rings, which would go on to sweep the Oscars. Um, and they actually met Peter Jackson because he did a draft of one of the Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, one of their earlier films, or actually I think really? it was one of the last films. Yeah, so that's how they uh, like became friends with Peter Jackson, and then so later when he was like, "Hey, I want to." adapt these uh these uh, weird old novels um they did it uh 
so yeah, all to say, um, I think there's always this like, uh, you know, company that either stumbles into something great um, or is at the right place at the right time or has the right um, foresight to be like, well, uh, this is what we want to do in the future. This is like, um, you know, the the space that we fit. Um, yeah, it just kind of becomes kismet, if you will. But there is always like some studio uh, who's the next to, you know, the next A A24. Um, yeah. What we do is so new. Uh, it's not, mm -hmm. but it is. Uh, economically, it's very new. Creators just making their own stuff and reaching an audience of millions, incredibly new. But the machine itself, if we look at Hollywood as a template, do you think it's the case that like, there's always some cream that will start to rise up and then eventually those things become so big that they become the machine and that they are there to like bring in the next round. It's like think about um, DreamWorks, which you know DreamWorks was uh, not born out of nothing, not exactly mm -hmm. a scrappy startup. <laughs> but uh, uh. I, I was thinking a day or two ago about DreamWorks and how I still think of DreamWorks as a new thing, but DreamWorks has been around forever. Mm -hmm. I think of Pixar mm -hmm. in a lot of ways as being a new thing, but Toy Story was what? 94. 95? 94, yeah, 94, 95, yeah. Yeah, yeah so Pixar's been around forever. But like uh, in Hollywood years, have they been around forever? In regular people years, have they been around forever? Uh, is, is it going to be that like in 10 years, A24 is just a big establishment player and something new will come in? Kind of, yeah. That, that seems to be the... Uh, uh, the way that it usually goes. Um, but yeah, you're right. That is that is the cycle of Hollywood. The thing that it doesn't believe is popular or could make money becomes popular and makes money. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it becomes, I mean, look at Marvel as, you know, that on steroids. Uh, they didn't That's know true. that yeah. comic book movies were going to be huge. Uh, they had Spider-Man to go off of, but you know, then you also had 15 other terrible uh, superhero movies uh, that none of us talk about. Uh, um, but yeah, and then it, something surprising happens. People love Iron Man and then it becomes uh, the machine, you know, that we now talk about uh, that cranks out movie after movie, you know, has the huge slate that they have to fill, whether or not the movie's ready to release it. They have to for stockholders. Yep. So... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are ways to avoid that. And I think uh, with like a smart decision making, a company could avoid becoming that big because also there's um, there's benefits to not being that big. Uh, and we, we see them with um, someone like A24 that can, you know, they be very picky in a way about the projects. Um and, you know, now they're much bigger now than they were, I'm sure, 10 years ago um, uh, with like what they will take on and read. But, yeah, I'm sure there are ways to avoid it. But that is, I think, usually what happens as soon as money is to be made. Yeah. Um, you know, sharks will <laughs> come swimming in the water to help you make it. Um <laughs> Well, you had mentioned uh, Marvel with shareholders. Like, yeah, when you've got investors who are sitting back going like, all right, all right, we, we did the right. cool, fun art stuff. Let's let's make some fucking money now. Right, that right, cheddar. right, right. Then, mm -hmm. then uh, the dynamics change a little bit. And mm -hmm. uh, again, I, I'm thinking about this in the in the framework of like what we're building, who we are, what and I don't mean we as in like uh, Nebula or whatever, but uh, mm -hmm. creators, people making stuff on the Internet. We haven't yet, I don't think, seen like a real move in that direction. We haven't seen the the big crossovers yet or the, the mm -hmm. big jumps yet. Talk about this a lot where like the most successful YouTuber ever is Justin Bieber. Yes. Where yes. he started on YouTube. Yes. He's worth hundreds yes. of millions of dollars and he still publishes videos to YouTube. He is still arguably mm -hmm. a YouTuber, right? So mm -hmm. like... If he counts, who else is like that? Who else is in that that you know anywhere in that trajectory? I know that we're we're getting. Uh, I'm blanking on the names, but there's uh, a24 is doing one of them. That uh, is Australian kid. I'm blanking on the thing. There's like a 17 year old. Oh yes, kid who did a uh, uh, horror uh, the, the horror YouTuber. Yeah, yes. yeah, he's, yeah. He's doing he's doing a horror film with a24. Mm -hmm. um, 
like there's uh and then there's like a couple of other youtubers who are doing a similar sort of thing because they made a film and then it's getting released by i think maybe even a24 again but mm. we're, so those are the first like dots right it has to be somebody like a24 figuring this out or somebody somebody who's like got some clout and is looking downward mm -hmm. for what they can pull up but like ultimately you've you're in an interesting position here too because you've probably seen as much as anybody the way that hollywood tends to look at youtubers they they look at youtube like a farm league youtubers are just cheap <laughs> talent that come with a free audience yes. you yes. you are a working actor you're out there you're auditioning you're doing things mm -hmm. what is this like for you i don't want to say it's all an age thing but that plays a huge part of it um where anyone my age uh or around my age sees YouTube as um, a very important platform, um, is the one who, you know, uh, is far more likely to um, take work on YouTube seriously. Uh, and the, the age gap is still, you know, anyone older, um, I think, yeah, still has that sentiment of, oh, yeah, yeah, these are just like cheap, you know, uh, people who might not be in the union yet, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> easy numbers. <laughs> um, no SAG card. Nice. <laughs> yes, yes, nice. Um, no one's checking up on us. Uh, so it's very interesting. I don't know if it's only an age thing. I'm sure there are like curmudgeons my age also in the industry. But for the most part, it does seem to be, um, you know, as younger people start to uh, get higher positions, um, you know, within development, um, yeah. within management and agents. Um because I think I, you know, I'm only now at the age where like my friends who are on that side of the business are only, you know, now starting to get tiny little crumbs of power. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think it'll be really interesting, especially I think in the next five years, um, if that, you know, when that trend continues, younger people starting to, you know, actually have uh, their own roster, uh, not having to answer to. Uh, older people in the industry that still, you know, just still have very set ways, you know, still think that there's a pilot season, even though, like, there's not really uh, yeah. that anymore. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. And that's probably why we are seeing some, you know, things change very slowly. But yeah, I think they're going in our direction, I think. <laughs> <laughs> how much does it come up for you? Like when you're auditioning or working on stuff, how often is it the case that somebody wants to talk to you about your YouTube audience? I imagine it has to, um, but I've only ever had it. It's never been a negative for me ever. I have had some people ask, you know, uh, some actors who are like younger than me who are like, I want to do YouTube, but like, I'm afraid that like, uh, you know, people won't see me as like a serious actor. And I was like, okay. First off, no one no one takes you seriously just like ever. Like even when you like I don't think that I don't think you'll ever achieve that if that's your goal. Um but but secondly, uh I mean, ideally like especially casting directors, they're also creatives. Um they're technically part of the creative team. Uh so they're mm -hmm. also artists. They they only love that you're doing your work. Like, oh my God, they like, they love that you're, you know, making little videos for people on the internet. Um, no matter how big or small your audience is, yeah, they they love it. They love seeing um, you know, actors take risks and do uh you know, do weird video essays. Um, I, you know, I think for them, they they find it charming and intriguing. Um, it so, doesn't round you out more. Yeah. Like you can learn more about your range and the things that like. I absolutely. I mean, for me, it, it has made me such a better writer being a YouTuber. Um. Uh. And you know, I I write video essays, but it has made me a better. Uh, narrative writer, hands down. Um, just as much as like reading has made me a better writer. Uh, so yeah, when people ask me that, I'm always like, I, I don't know who's telling you to like, I, I think you're actually, I, I think you are just um, afraid to do it. And so you're like coming up with reasons to, you know, to think that it's yeah. a bad idea when really, no, it's yeah. just a, it's only a good idea. And um, yep. Yeah. yeah, the other part of this I, I wonder about, because I, I was recently talking to uh, Abby Thorne, 
uh, after mm -hmm. you know, all of the stuff with the prince and yes. choosing here the week that the prince premiered. And uh, she, I believe, coined the term actfluencer, where uh, <laughs> early on, well, a couple of years back, um, she was talking about like bailing on YouTube to focus on the acting stuff. I'm like, why give it up? Yeah. Like, why not? Why not lean mm -hmm. into it and have it help propel you? You've got an audience of you know million uh, or or more people who care about you. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a casting director somewhere is going to like to hear that. You know, let's maybe uh, oh, let's maybe get that yes. news out there. Yeah, uh, and and keep mm -hmm. telegraphing to the world that you're doing these things. I don't. I guess uh, what I think about is. The sort of creator who's like, I'm going to go make something on YouTube and then Hollywood's mm -hmm. going to find it and then I'm going to be a star. <laughs> I don't think that that happens. I don't think that, I mean, the A24 examples, I guess, are a little bit uh, counter to that. But I don't think that by and large, you can expect that Hollywood's just going to discover your channel. I think it comes from the same exact problem that most creators have uh, as, as table stakes, which is this is a it, YouTubers by and large. It's a collection of people who... Uh, a system that they don't understand or control brought them their audience and a system that they don't understand or control brings them their money. So you got the algorithm, you got AdSense. So all I know is I showed up, me the creator, all I know is I just showed up, I started making videos and I was so awesome that people found that shit and I got paid. Yeah. So if, right. if, if, if uh, the view counts go up and then I make more money, Views must be what's worth the money. And I'm just so awesome that more people should discover me. Like, that's just how it works. I'm so awesome that all I have to do is step outside and more people will find out how awesome I am. And in the real world, uh, there is no discovery algorithm that just, you know, puts you in front of people if the robot puppy that wants to make the users happy thinks you're good enough. So when you're out there, like, auditioning and trying to meet with casting agents or trying to get somebody to read your script, it's not like the script just gets to sit on a table being good enough and then somebody finds it. You have to do a bit more work than that. Right, right. It's just shiny. People, well, uh, but people love me. It's it's, it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> the YouTuber that uh, you're, you're emulating, uh, in the same way, you know, people will, like, move to L.A. and be like, oh, well, I'm here now. <laughs> And I'm awesome, so uh, it'll just come. I'm just going to go to parties and I'll meet people. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, that doesn't happen yeah. in LA. It happens in New York. It actually does happen here. Uh, but well, because you guys have fun parties. We, we because in, in New York, if you go to a bar, people are there. In LA, if you go to a yes. bar, it's like the locals no are there. there. Nobody, in yes. LA, it's an no. hour from anything to anything else. There's no, no. concentration. So, no concentration. Uh, the, you know, uh, coastal uh, fighting aside, uh, I think that the, the, the you're right. The, this myth that you can just show up and be rewarded for being great, your inherent intrinsic value will be apparent to everyone. Uh, right, it's, right. It's only that much worse when you've been successful on a platform where that has been your experience. You showed yes. up and you were awesome mm -hmm. and the world just sat, you know, they just recognized how awesome you were. Right, right. Everything, everything, is, uh, everything is telling me that I'm great. So this should just work out. I think what Nebula has um, that does set, apart, set it apart is that I, I think most of our creators see YouTube as a tool if that makes sense, a like tool within their toolbox where, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, even though most of them are primary um, creators, uh, they are so capable of doing so many things. Um, yeah. You know, many of them have uh, full degrees in the thing that they're not talking about on YouTube and yet are also hugely successful YouTubers. Um, so, uh, you know, I think of someone like very naive or, you know, yeah, thinks that they're like the bee's knees, um, <laughs> but but doesn't have, you know, the work ethic to, uh, you know, to fill an engine, to keep it going or, yeah. Um, yeah, doesn't know how to pivot when like something stops working because they only know how to do that one thing. So, yeah. So in that regard, I think um, you, you have picked very well-rounded uh well-rounded creators who I think um, are more likely than not, you know, able to avoid that, like, well, I'm the shiny rock. Uh, so, you know, why isn't everything working out for me? Because, yeah, I get, yeah, at least to me, I see YouTube um, 
as a tool and something that I love using. Um, but if I'm not using it, then, you know, I'm not really learning from it. I'm more just, you know, coasting or yeah. Yeah. You know. And I think the secret is not looking at YouTube as uh, this is just the thing that I'm doing for now until my ship comes in. Like any minute mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. that ship is mm -hmm. going to come in and I'm <laughs> off to Hollywood and fuck all yeah, you baby. people. I'm going to get my Oscar uh, or I'm going to is just two or three more videos. Then I get my record contract and then I'm goodbye YouTube forever. <laughs> So mm. the same thought process that says that because I've been able to do this on YouTube, therefore I deserve these other things, the systems such as they are, if you mm -hmm. stop feeding into your YouTube machine, the thing that makes you interesting and valuable, guess how interesting and valuable you become. <laughs> if you're no longer doing the thing that makes you interesting and valuable, I worry that, that mm -hmm. there are plenty of the, the younger kids, the youths, uh, approaching mm -hmm. YouTube, mm -hmm. they see YouTube or TikTok or whatever as the destination, which is really cool. And I think we're going to see more of that. And with that generational change, people your age, my age, um, the sort of like uh, early Zoomer, late millennial crowd, uh, as, as we enter into uh, positions of power and authority within this or the, the media industry, there's going to be more smart people, I think, more, I don't want to play that game, um, more <laughs> internet savvy people, more people who understand the yeah. dynamics of how mm -hmm. creator bullshit works um, in positions at studios to to do something interesting. And I've, I've always said that the first major studio to look at YouTube as a medium and not a platform is going to be the big winner. Somebody making yeah. things for YouTube and leaning into that system uh, rather than just like, I don't know, a dumping ground for late night talk show clips or trailers <laughs> for movies. Mm -hmm. But like go do something in that format, maybe not literally on YouTube, but like short air quotes form uh, video <laughs> stuff, video essays. Um, the most popular game show in the world is, is Mr. Beast, right? Um, yeah. And it's not because his show is truly better or more valuable than, um, I don't know, Wheel of Fortune or something, uh, or even Survivor. It's that he is weaponizing a platform to reach those people. Mm -hmm. And so what what else are we missing? What are we missing in uh, as, as creators to like help bridge some of those gaps? If there's going to be people who uh, understand our corner of the industry, what can we mm -hmm. do to start better understanding their corner of the industry so that we're not just sitting around waiting for them to come to us? I think it is a kind of a, a, sh a give and take, if you will. Uh, during the pandemic, we saw a bunch of like uh, A-list legit celebrities like make YouTube channels, uh, like yeah. posts for the first time in years, um, mm -hmm. post TikToks. Brie Larson, you, uh, Jack Black. Yes, yes. Uh, you have like... Will Smith, you have celebrities that are uh, like who stream now. Uh, it's like on their downtime or whatever, um, uh, which is wild, but also makes so much sense because, you know, well, in that, you know, especially during the pandemic, they, you know, they're were attention starved the egotists who need yes, validation to get to go somewhere. Exactly. Exactly. You got to go somewhere. Uh, maybe these kids are onto something. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think that was really interesting to see. Um, but I think, again, as we, you know, as as we go on in the next couple of years, I think, you know, we're going to be start seeing the opposite where people that you, you know, see are used to seeing online, um, you'll see them pop on, you know, traditional media. Um, so I think it's like a, a back and forth of uh, seeing the pros and cons of each um medium uh, or mode of entertainment um, from the entertainers because it's not necessarily a different, it's really, at least for me, not a different skill set, you know, from right. the two different sides of the, or, you know, two different areas of the industry. To me, it's pure, um, you know, the you're still performing. Between... Yes. Yeah. You're still performing. Um, it truly is just like the medium. So, you know, am I doing a, uh, you know, a single cam comedy is different from a multi-cam comedy is different from a video essay is different from like me streaming to patrons. But all of those are still uh, performing 
uh, to an audience. Um, and all of them, you know, uh, are informed by the work I've done as an actor. So to me, it's kind of like a catch all as a performer, you know, it's just my job to fill in whatever I'm hired to do that day, you know? So like today I have to video essay because, you know, that's, that's my job today. Tomorrow I have to, um, you know, a uh, single camera, to, uh, drama, uh, because I, you know, <laughs> cause that's what I'm going in for. So yeah, it all comes from the same skill set. To me, it is just like the mode or the medium. So when you see, um, you know, like, celebrities, actors going onto YouTube, they're still, you know, they're still using their training. They're still, you know, mm -hmm. uh, coming at it from They know a, how to play to a camera. They know their angles. Yeah, exactly. They know, they know the angles, they know the lighting, uh, you know, they know the uh, where the microphone is. But yeah, so it's really not that different from a creative standpoint. I think where it's mostly different is, yeah, from the other side, um, you know, what producers are interested in, how much money they think they can make from each uh, medium or outlet. Um, yeah, so to me, it, it's more delineated, I guess, from, um, yeah, from the other side. Um, but yeah, I think the more crossover you see, the more, uh, the more intermingling, intertwining, the more producers and people who do make those distinct distinctions, I think um, we'll see the merit of Oh, you know, this is a, another a mode for us to tap into. What do you think we're not, no, I mean, Nebula, well, maybe, uh, but like as an industry, <laughs> what do you think we're not doing enough of to bridge that gap? For somebody like you, you you're mm -hmm. playing sort of this mm -hmm. dual career. Is there a better mm -hmm. bridge you'd like to see built? Would you like for there to be better tools to help uh, the, the work that you're doing on YouTube or on Nebula matter to casting mm -hmm. directors? Like what, what are the missing pieces for you? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I guess I, I'm excited, Dave, that I think you as of late have um, championed some really interesting projects from creators. Uh, Abby's Play, um, Patrick's Film, uh, Jesse's uh, new short. Yeah. Um, yes. Identities. Very excited about yes. that Yes. Me too. Especially with um, the lens of quick, quick side. I can't, mm -hmm. I can't say anything because yes. you know, any anything could. Even though this is coming out later, anything could happen. But right. there's like, mm -hmm. there's casting stuff for for that. This is like, you know, it's it's a it's a low budget short film. We're we're not Netflix, uh, but some of the the names involved in casting right now, I look at like, holy shit! Like if we genuinely get that person on the cast, we would need to double the budget for this just to cover uh, the PR that we would do. But yeah, like there's, there's real opportunity in that. And that's, you know, Jesse and her I, connections and her, her mm -hmm. friends and her, her place within the, the, you know, her uh, corner of nerddom. But anyway, sorry, mm -hmm. you, were, you were saying. All I'm saying is like, I am excited because I feel like you are choosing to do things that, um, that I think do help bridge that gap for, creators who I don't know if you know, I'm doing that, that's uh, one one quick point of correction that's not just a me right. thing that's an us it's not thing. a you thing like, I, I will easily room. take that, too. that credit away from you <laughs> yeah you go for it uh, there, there's I'll other people it. in the room like if yeah that's yeah mm -hmm. the the way that the Jesse thing came up we talked about it on the live stream so I think it's okay to say here mm. but the way that it, it even came up was we had looked at this with her and Aaron months ago um, about doing it as a full series. And it was so expensive that there was no way we could pull that off. And dynamics have changed. And the the first two got rolled into a pilot thing, I think is what they wind up doing. So it's like, it's going to be a 40, 45 minute short, which would act as a pilot for a series that the goal here is if it, you know, when it's done, shop it around. And maybe it makes sense for us to lean into it. Maybe there's opportunities. Like, what are the bridges we can build? Um, but at the time, it was too expensive and it wasn't something we could shoulder. As it mm. changed and as uh, dynamics on our side changed with us taking over the, the full cost of our own marketing, it became more important that any money we put into originals, we need to make sure that those originals are prestige, not just mm -hmm. what can we get out there. Like, the, in the old days, the question was, what would a creator want to do? What would their audience sign up for? Great, let's do that. Right. Now we need to sell ourselves a little bit more as what are the steps upward that a creator could take? We're talking with mm -hmm. um, 
uh, I'm, I'm nervous about naming names here, but like their creators were talking to about projects that are like true steps up from what they are doing now. Not even yeah. in all cases, uh, media steps. In one case, it would be mm -hmm. a documentary series about him building a business specifically designed so that he doesn't have to be an on-camera YouTuber personality forever, which yeah. yes, let's do, let's yeah. encourage more of that. Like what are the stories uh. we can tell? We learned a lot from like with, uh, with Abby and the Prince, it mm. would have on paper, it's really dumb for a new <laughs> streaming service to fund a stage play. Why would we do that? Uh. And it worked. <laughs> It works. Uh, our first narrative mm. thing being a feature length movie about an evil coconut from another dimension, yeah. kind of yeah. a dumb thing to do, but we did it and it worked. And so uh, uh -huh. saying yes to Jesse, um, when she came into the, the Slack channel was like, okay, I'm going to do this as a Kickstarter. Uh, and here's mm. the plan. I watched the, the, the Kickstarter video thing and I'm DMing with her and I'm like, tell me like, where is this now? Like, oh, we changed this. We changed it. I'm like, yeah, okay, so how about fuck Kickstarter and we just do this? Because, like, I think uh -huh. we can just make this work. For the numbers we're talking mm -hmm. about, like, that kind of works. She's like, wait, really? And mm -hmm. totally derailed the whole Kickstarter thing. Uh, but, <laughs> but I'm saying, but, the, but you stepping in and being like, there's uh, there's something here. And, uh, and really, uh, most creators, all they need or want is someone to be like, yeah, let's uh, let's, you know, pool our resources, which we get to do together as mm -hmm. a group of creators. We get to say, yeah, let's, you know, shore up, uh, let's shore up some of our resources and get Jesse her pilot and, and fuck Kickstarter. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> the uh, well, I, I want to be careful with this because, like, I don't want to take too much credit Um uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to. Oh, that sure. sounds fun. Yes, yes. I'm a Your hero. enthusiasm, I'm I think, is what. I can draw some lines in the sand, and a bunch of other really smart, really clever, really creative people come in and, and fill that in and turn it into skyscrapers, right? It is, uh, I'm, I'm just here to like try to read the room and, and uh, nudge a conversation into a direction that helps more people, which I enjoy right. doing, but it's, it, it would be completely disingenuous for me not to acknowledge that the, the reason that it was easy to say yes to Jesse is because uh, Abby blazed that trail by doing mm -hmm. something just like over the top, incredible, winning tons of awards, uh, and, and a, a piece of work that is truly, truly the, the prince is a piece of art. It is a, a true work of art and I'm proud to even be associated with it. It's incredible that my name is in the credits is like insane to me. <laughs> so when, when it's like we move the conversation into the Slack channel and everybody gets excited, what I want out of that is every other creator to go, all right, what do I want to pitch? What's my idea? Because I want more of those. If we've, the position has always been, if we curate the right group of creators, uh, we're not just looking for, there's a whole meta conversation here, but we're not just looking for, let's get every creator on YouTube in a given category. We can't do that. We can't possibly support or sustain them. Like anyone we bring in, there are costs to having creators. There's talent management mm -hmm. costs. There's, there's us, uh, uh the, the hard costs of, of maintenance of content and relationship. So anyone who isn't going to be break even or better, like we have to have really good reasons to do that. And sometimes the really good reason is that they have a project which will elevate something or we see their, 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 the arc in front of them, but we can only do so many of those. But what I really want to do is if we want to help every creator, sorry, I'm on a rant here. Uh, if we want to help <laughs> every creator, the way we're going to do it is by building systems together as this group of creators that will benefit everyone. So if there's going mm -hmm. to be a world where every creator in any given genre has a better chance of getting their screenplay sold or getting taken seriously as an actor or um, improving their production value, there first needs to be the group of people or even as a small collection of creators who have done something big enough to prove to the world that this can be done. We need Abby doing a play to prove that that can work. We need Jesse yeah. doing a, a TV pilot as a short film to prove that that can work. We need mm -hmm. you doing this series on sexuality and film that wouldn't, I mean, that's guaranteed to get demonetized on YouTube. We need to prove that there is a place and an audience for these things so that the next group of people who want to do them have a template. 
Yeah, absolutely. And also, I mean, that is, I mean, early, you know, we started this conversation talking about like Blumhouse and A24. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's how they started. It's like, oh, well, we need to prove that we can make uh, low budget uh, horror films that turn a profit, um, you know, with a, and take more get get to take more risks um a24 mm-hmm. is like well um you know we want to prove that we can you know pick weird scripts and uh and you know make a splash with great um with great talent so yeah it, it, you know and also though in the way that you say that um you know, you you don't want to take too much credit. You're not like reading the tea leaves. Uh, but that is also what producers do. Producers and and managers and people that help talent. Uh, that that's basically their job in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> even from like you know within the industry, that's basically what they do. <laughs> do you have a project, or do you know somebody with a project that mm-hmm. is like? If we could just get this in front of the right person, if we could just get the right set of eyes. And I don't mean like, do you literally have a script sitting Mm -hmm. around, but like in your mind, is there a thing that if uh, Disney came to you tomorrow and said, Mm -hmm. blue sky, what do you want to make? Do you have a, like an off the cuff? I know what I'm going to say. Yes, I do. do. You're in an elevator with uh, Bob Iger or, Uh um, Anyone from A24 or whatever, like you're, you've got 30 seconds. Do you know what you say? I am currently talking to um, people in in the industry about uh, hmm. a couple um, film ideas that I'm in the process of working on. So, right so on. maybe we are. How much are, do you want to say maybe, about that? I would say I have a, a slate of horror films um, that I could make for cheap, uh, and they would make a shit ton of money. I think is what I. What is say. what does cheap mean? Like the, I'm driving down a specific road uh, here. What does cheap mean in this context? Each could be made uh, for a few million um, that would absolutely kill at the box office. Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to uh, Jake from Vsauce, Vsauce Three, Jake <laughs> Roper. Uh, and he he was telling me about a, a a film that he wants to do, and he gave me like mm-hmm. the full pitch. Like we were sitting at a coffee shop, and he gives me the full. Pitch. It's just like <laughs> talking about what he's working on. He's not pitching me. Yeah. But he, he's like, oh, I don't want to bore. Uh-huh. I'm like, no, bore me. Like I want to hear this. I want to. And he goes through the uh-huh. whole thing. I'm like, this sounds incredible. And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I need two. The bottom line, two million. And I'm like, I can't help you with that. <laughs> like that's, yeah, not, that's, that's that's at least that's. Not today. Maybe we'll see where we uh, are in a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that there are a ton of air quotes, smaller projects like that from Hollywood per, uh, standards, but huge numbers for what YouTubers would do. Just going and spending a couple million dollars on, you know, a low budget thing. Uh, that's a that's a lot. That's a lot for uh, an indie creator to to put out there. And I start to wonder, what is the tool to get us from where we are to there? How do we build systems to where we could go and, and write a check like that? Or could there be a fund? Is there a thing that creators could put together? Because I guess you could kickstart it. Like if if you're convinced mm-hmm. it would kill at the box office, you know, prove it with Kickstarter or something. But even then, the trouble is that marketing a Kickstarter to the audience that would be the market for that film, if you had the right distributor and you had the right marketing engine behind the the film, it's going to reach a much bigger audience than you would alone anyway. So how do you get there? Mm-hmm. You know this business better than I do. Yeah. Well, I think most of it um, is creating relationships with other uh, with other production companies, quite honestly, because, I mean, let's, you know, if Nebula ever was going to release a film... Uh, you know, let's say, you know, quote unquote, I feel like the only way to uh, do that would to be, you know, to partner with another production company, um, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, could be exciting for them to work with, you know, a company that uh, pulls talent from, a, you know, a very specific or particular uh, uh, type or way. Um but yeah, I mean, you're doing it, I mean, doing it in small ways and, you know, producing the things that we are currently producing is definitely a way to get, you know, I guess wheels on the ground. But yeah, I think to do anything on the scale of 
a film, at least to me, it would have to be like a, you know, a group effort, a co-production, a, you know, when you see a movie, you see about like 15 people's production companies flip by um, before it begins. And again, I think maybe that goes back to uh, what I was saying about the, you know, the crossover of, you know, people working within each other's mediums. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know, I guess that's my, that's my gut reaction or instinct um, to bridge that gap. But I mean, also, and maybe it can be done on our on our own just by, you know, taking the steps, the baby steps that we have, you know, from, well, I guess Patrick really shot out of the gun with like a full feature film. So maybe not yeah. like baby steps, but. Um, <laughs> Which he made for peanuts. Uh, it's got like hundreds peanuts. of special effect shots. It's a five-figure budget I, on that thing. I cannot believe that. you. I've, I digress. Um, <laughs> uh, but all to say, you know, all to say, do, uh, doing the, producing Jesse's uh, pilot, I think that is going to, um, I, I think we will learn a lot from that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as that continues to go. So we need to. We need that experience. We so Is this where you're... Not not to jump to the the end here, but is that is that what you're getting at? Is like what we need is to play the game or find ways to play the game at scale so that we can take those learnings back to the smaller creators. Is that the objective? I think you maybe said it yourself, like uh, at some point during this, where uh, you know it was kind of the thing of like you have to prove it to them that you can do it. As a creator, I think, you know, we often hear, you know, prove it, or, you know, you have to prove it. Proof is in the pudding. Mm. Uh, like, do the work, um, you know, which, like, you don't wanna, cause yeah, like, I am just, like, talented or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't, um, if you don't make anything, if you call yourself a filmmaker and you aren't, making films uh it doesn't you know make you not a filmmaker but you have a camera in your hand you know so if you aren't actually creating if you aren't getting better as a creator then Mm. uh no you are just kind of like waiting around for someone to be like here you go here's a ton of money um which like we said doesn't really happen uh i think you do kind of have to prove that we have the legs the resources the um creative uh juices the eye we have the talent um yeah i think you kind of do have to prove it for people to start um seeing you that way which again i i under also understand the instinct of like oh but i shouldn't have to because I think that's a, wants to. a very yeah because nobody wants to. Um, but you know uh, that's that's what they're looking for. They want a safe bet, um, and they're not going to bet on something mm-hmm. they can't see or hold in their hands. Um, and so to do that, you know, you kind of have to do it first. I think. I wonder. Like I'm thinking. <laughs> by the way, the the premise of the show typically is to like softly debate a thing and this is yeah. uh, I think the 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 first time I've done one of these where it's really just me being like I kind of have a thought on something let me let me <laughs> tease out everything you know about the industry and I have like five actionable <laughs> ideas that I'm going to pursue after this call um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to turn this into a name drop thing but like I have a I have a couple of friends uh. who I won't name in the business And Mm -hmm. I've sort of had it in my head, like a soft concept of there's something there. And I've talked to them at length about what a thing could be someday. Um, But those conversations are a year, year and a half old now. And as we're talking, it's, it's clicking for me that maybe the position we're in now that we've done Night of the Coconut, we've done The Prince, we're doing identities, maybe putting together some sort of like roadmap and with the things that a24 is doing with youtubers maybe there's enough juice here now that getting some like real conversation started with a couple of hollywood people about uh, one of whom runs a production company about what could youtuber short films be like what could we where could we uh get some of of uh uh the institutional knowledge and experience uh paired up with some of the things that that our people are doing um Maybe there is something we could build together, like as a as a joint effort, even if it's just a PR play in the beginning. Yeah, I, I, well, I also think um, shorts are something people love to watch. Uh, you know, like Hulu does their like 
Huluween shorts every year. I don't know if you've ever seen them, uh, but it's really what funny. What an adorable because name. I know, I know. It's really hard to be scared um, with a name that like is gushy in a way. Mm. Uh, but all to say, uh, sh shorts are a medium that the film industry understands. And there's a kind of a very sacred place of what shorts mean within the industry. You know, it's where the young filmmakers are working. It's where exciting things mm. happen because of, you know, the lower production costs. Um, uh, I mean, when I was in film school, they said, you know, they told us to watch music videos because that is where all the innovation is happening. The Daniels, as we said. Yes, that is a, yeah. that is now a thing where... Uh, it, those live on YouTube. So, uh, you know, some of the most creative um, directors to date are the turned out oh, from you guys to make it all, uh, you know, to make it all come all come back around. But all to say That's that a is really a interesting it, point. Yeah. It's a language that um, the film industry understands that YouTubers are uniquely uh, primed to fill because we make we make short films uh, in a way that's. You know, when we do a video essay, we view it as a short film. We plan it as a short film, um, even though it's mm -hmm. not always narrative, although a lot of times it is when we do it. Um, but all to say is, uh, yeah, I think you have a talent pool um, that, yeah, are uniquely primed to to make short films, which is, you know, a language that uh, the industry understands um, and sees the value in. So if we could just make a couple of Hollywood friends in the mm -hmm. right places who were yeah. interested enough in not funding or producing, but like, you know, we're, I'm happy to throw the money into identities. And if we can get the right production company involved or engaged for us to learn from them and start building some stuff up together and having conversations with talent together. Um, yeah, maybe there's like something genuinely there that, that, um, we could, we could do something interesting with. It's tough to know mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. uh, as I'm sure you've experienced, sometimes Hollywood people are extremely nice and then don't return calls. They're super yeah. friendly when you do talk yeah. to them or if they want a favor. <laughs> I've certainly uh. had some A-list people hit me up for like advice on TikTok or, or whatever. Uh, but wow. then if I want something, I, uh -huh. I get like, oh, I don't take meetings. And it's like, okay, well, I don't take emails, yeah. asshole. Uh, there's certainly a bit of that. But uh, if we can get the right people to even like engage in the conversation and maybe, again, this isn't like a credit thing, but maybe because I'm not primarily seen as a creator myself, although, hi, welcome to my show. Uh, <laughs> I make YouTube videos, goddammit. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, this, I'm, this is a thing we're doing it right now. Uh, maybe there is something with, um, my position, uh, uh, as like studio executive guy for Nebula, maybe there's something there where I could perhaps get taken a little bit more seriously, um, by those types of folks. And maybe that would make it more possible to build something out. You know, it's, it's the, the show's called NDA because it's supposed to be like, you get to hear the kinds of conversations I would have with creators when the, ca when the cameras aren't rolling and the microphones yeah. aren't running. Uh, uh -huh. but they tend to mostly be like, kind of fun versions of that. We're actually like <laughs> getting somewhere with an idea here. This is pretty cool. I know. Well, I feel like actually, so uh, for for everyone listening, I think, I think Dave, you got the idea for this topic between us because one of the times that Dave was out here in LA, uh, I got sloshed <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a restaurant. I wasn't going to say I, that. I, I, Were yeah, you that I, drunk? I, I, uh, I think well, I just really never drink. Actually, like I, I'm, I, I'm not a drinker whatsoever. So, like two of those delicious, delicious leche cocktails, uh, just really, uh, it made me so impassioned. And I was basically like, um, I, I would have called I you. Was I would like, have called you like feisty, not not drunk. I didn't think you were drunk. I, drunk. I, I felt like I was all but like grabbing grabbing your cheeks, like as a as like an old grandma. Um, it, I think I was I was trying to uh, recreate this wonderful conversation that we're now having um, a year after the fact. But all to say, I feel like that's probably the version that you usually have on the podcast, and this is usually the version that we would have at dinner. But you know, we just we, well, <laughs> we flip flops. Well, the thing that we were th this is this is worth uh, <laughs> as a as a button on all of this because we originally mm. I was going to start with this and then we build out. But I think actually landing there mm. makes a lot of sense. But there's a, a creator we work with who was uh, 
uh, was slash is pursuing a book deal. And there might actually be some things we can do to help now, just coincidentally. Uh, but at the time, the the uh, debate between the two of us was around uh, the talent agency side of Nebula, um, how much responsibility we had to try to bridge that gap. And it's like, well, not really the thing that we do in building out like a whole division for books would take time and money resources that, um, you know, the the Steve Jobs thing of like knowing um, knowing how to say no to a great idea. We've done a terrible job over the last couple of years of saying no. We've said yes to a lot of things because they were great ideas, but then those great ideas didn't get fleshed out into something great because we were busy trying to make all of them happen. In 2009, I think it was, um, Apple's whole thing with Mac OS, they called it Snow Leopard, was the version of the time. There was no new features. Oh. We're just gonna focus on making it better. And so with that focus now, uh, it's the same sort of concept of there's only so many things you can do, but mm -hmm. your position was like, but how are we going to get there if we don't do something or am I misrepresenting mm -hmm. that? No, I, I, I mean, you probably have a better memory of it <laughs> than I, than I do <laughs> if we're being, uh, quite honest, uh, NDA. Um, no, I think that, I think that was right. Which by the way, I think you're, you're very right about the book thing. Um, I think producing makes a lot more sense. Um, and producing narrative content is a lot more in line with what Nebula, you know, would could do in the future. Mm. And, you know, as opposed to, you know, being a literary agency and of this and of that. You are not and we're not wrong that there, if we were a more traditional talent agency, we would be doing stuff like that. And that's, mm -hmm. that's all fine and good. Uh, the, the trouble was not you're wrong. Shut up. The trouble was, <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't know how to make that happen. There's a thing right. that I've been, a couple, a couple of people have pitched me like, we should do this, like as a company lately, creators be like, we should just do X. Everything they suggest is a great idea. And so I've kind of, I started doing this thing where I'm like, that is awesome. We should totally do it. Uh, who should we fire to make room in the budget? Which employees yeah. do we let go? And that's yes. not, it's not literally that, but I want right. to, I want to draw a line of saying, you know, there, there are consequences to any actions. Like there's not infinite money here. We're doing great, but there's not infinite money. And I want to make sure that we're doing the things that we do really well so that we can move on and do these other things. And with uh, the book thing, it happens to be kind of like with Jesse and identities. It happens to be that the stars aligned that maybe we actually could be more useful on that front. Uh, mm -hmm. We'll see. But like at the same time, maybe helping somebody do a book thing is the next Nebula original thing. Maybe helping somebody build a business is the next Nebula original. Maybe helping somebody do a play is the next. Like we've we've got this weird template now that, you know, getting ourselves, if we can contentify our way into trying new pieces of, of business, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think that we shouldn't try these. It's just a matter of like, how do we get clever? And two, in fairness, like I walk away from a conversation like that, then I'm not thinking like, you know, Maggie's being unreasonable or there's no way we can do this. I walk away thinking uh -huh. like, I know why the answer has to be no, but I know why the question is there. Right. What, what could we do? Like, what are the, what are the pieces I'm missing? How do we fit this together? And I love that as, as like the, the final section of, of this conversation, because mm -hmm. I feel like a year and a half, whatever, after that initial conversation, we're actually finding some interesting answers to that. I know. I like, and and it was, it's interesting because like, I don't, I don't think I, especially I like, yeah, I don't think I was looking for answers to that, but I feel like just by happenstance within the past yeah. year, this is one of the first companies to be like this, if like to, to put it uh, obscurely, I guess. Um, but it's true. So a lot of these things we like don't have answers for because we're deciding now or like we're making mm -hmm. we're crafting it now um for what we want the future to look like be like mm -hmm. um yeah yeah but uh, yeah i think that is interesting and also cool that you know within the past year yeah there have been answers that i as we stated before um you know abby's brilliant play uh so like good. oh oh my god I also want to make sure that that it's characterized for the audience here. I I like to say that the um, 
the spiciest bits of the conversation can go at the end of the show because anyone listening this late in the game is probably invested. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the show's called NDA, but like, you know, chances are the, the later in the, the episode, the less likely it is that somebody will repeat a thing. They're on board. <laughs> they understand what they uh, they either agree with us uh, very strongly or they just hate us so much they can't put it down or they fell asleep. Yeah. That's also a possibility. Uh, but I I also want to make sure that I'm correctly characterizing the initial conversation was not like you as a creator griping about why can't we do thing. It was a it was an honest conversation. Oh, no. Like yeah. as as business partners and as as uh, uh, like stewards of, of a thing, like strategically, what are we building? What are we trying to accomplish here? Uh, that can be the part that is, is easy to miss. I think in a lot of conversations, um, part of the, the reason for a show like this is, uh, most of the guests, if not all of the guests on the show are people with whom we are building a thing. It is not, and this is why I said, I pushed back earlier and don't give me the credit. Like we are doing this. We make these decisions at some point. Like I have to do the thing, but it's not like I'm just sitting in, you know, uh, an ivory tower by myself deciding all the things like this is or really a black room. Effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I look like I'm in a closet, Maggie. Yeah, uh, you do. <laughs> there's, there, there's, uh, there, there's a lot of opportunity to, to do interesting things if we're working together. And so that, that conversation, yeah. um, was very much in the spirit of like, what, what more can we do? Not why aren't you doing things? So I don't want to mischaracterize oh, your perspective on that. Yeah. And it's only because it's I, I, like, like I said, like I, uh, I am excited about the projects that, you know, we've decided to take on within the past year. Um, and it does make me excited for the future. Um, and also, yeah, the idea of Nebula, you know, working with other companies, whatever, whatever role Nebula is going to play um, in hmm. the creators' lives. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's been really fun to see to see how that's developed within. Yeah, even just the last year. Looking back over the last, let's call it three years, because we're we're three years mm -hmm. into the the whole COVID thing now. Oh my God. That's insane. It's insane to think of That's three insane. years ago, we were all like, hey, let's all play Animal Crossing because we can't leave our house, right? Oh, right. Teehee. That was, that was three, almost exactly three years ago that that was all happening. It's like, I guess I'll start rewatching every show I've ever seen. I guess. Yeah, for the fifth time, I I'm, guess. I'm going to, I'm going to rub all of my groceries down with hand sanitizer. <laughs> So there's this, this interesting little period of history here, which all sort of stacks into um, the kinds of things we get to make now, the, the way that audiences think about uh, user-generated content um, and, and digital creators and the ways in which hopefully systems and studios and the, the, the elder machine thinks of the, the things that we're making. I think there's a real responsibility here to us to... Um, you know, take the opportunity that we've we've had and to critically analyze the way the last few years have played out and what we could do with it. What are the tools that exist today that didn't exist five years ago? And if we aren't using those tools to make something interesting, are we um, are we failing at our duty? Well, here's the thing. I think uh, I think your creators, I think creators at Nebula will be blazing trails. I think the question is, does Nebula want to be involved in those like, tra you know, trails being Absolutely. blazed? Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I want to throw millions of dollars at, at horror films. I would love to do that. Let's prove that systems that that actually works, which by the way, like given how things are going for unrated, like this is the cool thing. I look at something like that and I can say, this is doing well. Let's watch that stack up. Cool. Let's go a little bit bigger on the next thing. Let's go a little bit bigger on the next thing. Our goals are all the same, you know, and, um, uh, and I think as creators, you know, we have been, especially like being in like a non-traditional medium, uh, we've, you know, trained ourselves to to do the thing um, that gets us, you know, closer to whatever, you know, goal we have for our, you know, creative endeavors. Um, hmm. So I think Nebula gets to... Um, Gets to be the person that tells Jesse, you know, yeah, absolutely make it. Gets to be the person that tells Abigail, 
um, you know, we'll, we'll shoot, uh, you know, we'll shoot the play um, because they would have been they been, would have done those things anyways. Like Abby, you know, always would have made a fucking awesome play that, you know, deserves to be seen by the masses. Uh, and I think it is wonderful and lucky and awesome that Nebula, you know, is here and gets to be um, the people to help her do that. But, you know, if it, yeah, to talk about, you know, not taking too much credit, if it wasn't Nebula, it, it would be another company, you know? Um, yeah, I just, I, I worry about how far out that would be. Like the, the invest, the, the using the play as the example. Um, I don't doubt that Abby would have done something. Getting enough capital to do the pro shot, it may have been easier to do a different project. It may have been cheaper and easier to do different thing or a uh, different road to walk down to get the, the play made. So it's not that it wouldn't have happened. It's, it might have looked dramatically different or it might have happened much later. So the goal isn't necessarily... Oh, yes, yes. Uh -huh. Like let's let's uh, uh, will things into existence, but more like if the if the system doesn't recognize that the creators are going to do amazing things, how quickly can we get them to those amazing things and which amazing yes. things can we get there? Uh, that's totally. that's I think where we're very much on the same page. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Maggie, this has been fantastic. I thought that we'd come in and I had a rough idea of like a debate we'd have ish. Um, but instead, like we, we actually built a roadmap to something kind of cool. And I've got a couple of emails I need to send that I'm excited about. So uh, <laughs> thank you for actually helping move business things forward. This is uh, turned into a work call. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Multitasking. I'm high off of it. <laughs> uh for the listeners who stayed this far maggie can be found where oh man you can find me just slathered all over the internet um on, uh, on twitter youtube uh and instagram uh at maggie may fish may spelled um m-a-e like my great uh, dead great grandmother, not the month. The big thing though is check out Unrated. This show is fantastic mm -hmm. and people are mm -hmm. responding like crazy to this. By the time you're hearing this, there's two out, four more to go, which is great mm -hmm. because if you just sign up for a month, you're going to miss more of them. So you got to get, <laughs> you, you got to pay so us you, multiple I, times. You gotta. Oopsies. Oopsies. <laughs> All right, Maggie, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's been great. I uh, can't to chat. wait to eat a steak when you're out here.